What's up, McMaster? You're uh, listening to another edition of Purposely Offside here. I am back. Hopefully, guys, uh, you know, I was gone. The boys have been treating you just right. We've treated everyone fantastic, haven't yeah. we? Poor it's, guy. It's been a treat. Yeah. Well, happy to be back with you boys. It's actually the first time uh, us three have been in studio for quite some time. Over one month, I was as mentioned say, I last feel, week. I feel like it's been forever, boys. Come on. Yeah. You a little things bit. get busy, right? Things get busy. People are doing stuff in the summer. The trio's back, though. But the trio's back Better for than ever. The, a long, for the stretch, right? We're, we're getting into the stretch of sports season soon. Yeah, we've all had our vacation. Yeah. Now we're ready to bring the heat leading up right. to a big, big push of Max Sports in the next couple of weeks here. Max Sports and just the sports world in general. Everything's going to slowly make its way back. And, you know, we're, we're super excited for that because there hasn't been that many things to talk about. Oh, I'm so amped up. Yeah, I'm amped up. Most people around campus are getting all amped up for welcome week, getting ready to move in and, you know, start fresh in post-secondary. I'm just getting ready for NFL season, baby. Yeah. Well, just to build off that, uh, the previous point, you know, people coming in, moving in to their new houses here at McMaster. Um, hopefully they're listening to your plug because every week you're plugging, you know, about, uh, reaching out to us and, and coming in for an interview because we love to interview some uh, McMaster athletes and hopefully as they make their way in, uh, we can get a chance to sit down and talk to them. Yeah, I think once the school season starts and uh, seasons start to ramp up, uh, you know, in the, in the sports field here, I think uh, we'll, we'll start to have some athletes uh, reach out to us. Like I said, even if you're listening early, you're getting ready to, you're still in the midst of your training, you're getting ready to start maybe some training camp soon. If you have some time, you want to come in and share an interesting story or uh, just, uh, you know, tell the Mac world about yourself a bit before your season starts here, reach out to us. Again, you can hit us at purposely underscore offside on Instagram at PO sports talk on Twitter. Love to have you come on and uh, join the show with us here. Or just come down to the CFMU studio. Uh, if you want to be interviewed, talk to um, one of the representatives down here um, and they'll probably link you to us uh, because we're, uh, we're that sports show that does the interviews. How's this for a PR stunt to get our name out there? Mud wrestling in the middle of campus. You and I, Patags. Donardo wow. is the ref. I would so ref that. I don't think anybody would show up to watch me and you. Mud Tilly. wrestle? No. Zero. You don't think so? Zero. I think they'd run in horror. I think people would come just to videotape that to put it online. We'd be international superstars. Viral. Thoughts, Absolutely viral. Thoughts on mud wrestling in Max Speedos. <laughs> we got we got to get hooked up by the uh, Max Swim team here. <laughs> Do you think we can make that happen? Like a, one of those little blue pool uh, pools, like they had in uh, old school. Absolutely. Where with, blue was wrestling. Hundred percent. Yeah. We can make it happen. I think security would try and kick us off campus pretty quickly. But mud, jelly. I think fill the pool with something. Well, you know, welcome week's approaching. I'm sure there was weirder things that go on uh, <laughs> totally, <laughs> on yeah. campus. You know. Can you imagine um, someone coming for their first year of school? And they get dropped off by their parents on like the 4th of September or something. And they're walking through campus in Bataglia and I are mud yeah, wrestling Brian in Speedos. Brian G versus Jordan B <laughs> in a mud wrestling match. They, they turn around. I, I think they would quickly be transferring schools. They're, oh, yeah. We're going go to go to Western, actually. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, might not be the best look for McMaster University. I think the, the best look. Or maybe, it, or maybe it's the best look. Correct. Our body's covered in mud. Mm-hmm. So, welcome week, 2019. Um, why don't we share some welcome week stories? You guys got any welcome week stories? I know that feels like ages ago. Well, I'm out because I didn't go here. 
So, did you ever go like come down to Mac for like a quick uh, get together or two? Maybe not uh, the Welcome Week stuff. I went to uh, I went to a concert, a Welcome Week concert here. I went to the uh, the Sheepdogs. Oh yeah, I was there. I was there, I was there with you. That, yeah, we, we went. It was uh, that was an awesome concert. That was great, when they just uh, great show blew up on the the Canadian rock scene, especially after getting the Rolling Stone. Fantastic um, for a free show down at McMaster. Fantastic. It was it was an unbelievable show. I've seen them yeah. a few times. Always an amazing show. Yeah, great to see live. I was fortunate enough to work with campus events back then, so. We were always at those Welcome Week shows, and we were always at the the sporting events, and we were basically Max, you know, quote unquote cheerleader. So it was really cool to to get to know those guys, sheep sheep dogs. Like lights came down. Oh wow! Um, a couple DJs came down too, so it was it was pretty fun. But the best part was definitely the sporting events because yeah. that's where you can get fifteen thousand people having a good time, having a couple beverages. Yeah, you yeah. know, getting after it. So do you got? I mean, Brian and I. Uh, both went to McMaster University. Brad, do you have any memorable uh, Welcome Week Keyword, stories? memorable. Memorable. Because I don't remember most of my yeah. Welcome Week And that's, uh, and that's uh, you know, when you're when you're having a few Coca-Colas, that's that's usually what happens. You know, you, you forget. It's honestly, I can't really pinpoint a specific story. Like I talked about my, my uh, homecoming story last week, coming back from rowing. Um, but aside from that, like, it's just a, a great sense of community, mm-hmm. having all... Mac students down here supporting one another, having fun, getting to know each other, exchanging numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I uh, I agree. There's also the uh, new people, the Frost Week events that you know you get all these uh, promoting companies have with uh, all the local bars and stuff. I don't know if that's still going on, but I remember back in I the can days, imagine it. I can't imagine it doesn't. Frost Week events. I'm sure it does. Or sorry, I can't imagine it. Yeah, I can imagine it does still go on for sure. It's like a wristband you buy or something. Yeah. And then every every evening bar there's, hop there's every yeah, night. you go yeah. bar hopping. Hamilton is a great city. <laughs> Hamilton's a great city to go out in. So I can only imagine that still goes on today. You know? What a time. What so a I time. mean I I have a I have a yeah, interesting yours. uh welcome week story. Um, you know, just uh, just started out at McMaster at uh what year was it? Two thousand and twelve, you know. Seems like uh, ages ago. Came down with a good buddy of mine. Um, I was 18 at the time. Uh, my buddy was not 18 at the time. <laughs> uh, he was a little older. Uh, you know, we decided to go into uh, what is now 1280. Used to be called quarters. All right. So you know, as a as someone who is under the uh, legal age, they had to put um, you know some X's on your hands. That's what they did back yeah, then. Yeah, I remember that. They yeah. Put some X's on your hands. You know, so every bartender could visually see that was their cue that you were. Um, 18 years old or, or not drinking age, I should say, I should say. Um, so, you know, got in having a good time, uh, chatting, you know, talking with some people, making some new friends, uh, because, you know, that's what the experience of university is all about. Um, and my buddy says, you know, can I, can I get you a drink? And I'm like, yeah, I just, I, you know, I have these big X's on my hands, so I, <laughs> I can't. And he's like, no, no. He's like, oh, I got you. I got you. So I'm like, yeah, all right. Sounds good. No, so he hands me over a uh, a Coca Cola, uh, using air quotes right now. Uh, if you can't see me, <laughs> um, and you know, take one sip, and I see the uh, security guard at uh, what then was quarters, like point at me from like twenty yards away, and just darts over to me, grabs me by the shirt, and just gives me the good old toss toss out of quarters. No, immediately. Immediate toss. Wow. Yeah, no warning, just immediate toss. So, you know, get kicked out of quarters. I go into the little office across from quarters, 
you know, I felt like I was going to the principal's office at this point. <laughs> That's what it felt like. You know, got the guy sat me down. I don't know if it was the manager of the place at the time. And, you know, he's like, you know, this is a very, you know, serious uh, thing that you did. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I know. Um, and he's like, well, I'm going to have to ban you for the year. Oh. Yeah, no, Ooh. no mercy. Yeah. No mercy. So just gives me a full one year ban. And I was done. Just like that. Welcome just like week. That. First, first, first week of university. Oh, done man. from Welcome quarters. to McMaster. Moral of the story, guys. Follow the rules. If you have an X on your hand, it's there for a reason. It's there for a reason. Wow. Ask me if I still went to quarters that year. You probably did. Of course you did. I, of course I did. Of course you did. I don't think they have the pictures of people that are banned at the front. Mm. Like, nope, not this person today. I'm not going to tell you how I got in. All I'll say is this. You'll figure it out. Oh, this guy's going through the like vents. It. <laughs> this guy's going through the vents and propelling. So down. that's my through that's my welcome week story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little Mission Impossible no, yeah, to Mission get Impossible. In. Yeah, so that's my welcome week story. Not bad, not bad. I didn't, like it. Didn't start off too uh, too hot here at McMaster, but I I, I finished strong. Everyone has their ebbs and flows. Yeah. You, you got to figure yourself out when you get to Mac, and yeah. I'm sure everyone will. But you come to this station for advice and this show. We will set you right. We will show you the ropes at McMaster. Absolutely. And we'll hopefully get you on air one day, especially if you're an athlete. Yeah. Right, Mr. Plugman? I like Plugman, but you go by Plug no, Guy, don't you? Plug Guy. I li- there's too many blank guy. You know That's what I mean? That's it. But there's only one Plug Guy. That's true. Yes Guy to Plug Guy. Spe- speaking of events, mm-hmm. are we going to this Mac home opener? Yes. In our bar? 31st. 31st? No, no, not the 31st. 31st is uh, the soccer. The soccer. First is September first is is the first uh, McMaster home game at Ron Joyce versus the Ottawa GGs. GGs. Eh? Unfortunately, I heard there's a big golf tournament going on September first. Uh, we are going to get into to Mac golf very shortly. Yeah. So it's, a, it's actually a, a very segue. good segue, good but segue. yeah, we won't be able to attend the McMaster football game on the first. We will be there on the thirty first, though. So come see purposely offside live. We'll be talking to fans, coaches, players. Yeah. We'll be there. We'll be loud. We'll be there for the soccer match. But on the first, we do have a very large and prestigious golf tournament to attend, the three of us and a lot of other close friends of ours. Mm-hmm. To give you a synopsis of what the tournament actually is like, I'm not naming any names. It's not anyone in this room right now. Last year, we had an individual tee off nude on 18. No clothes. Yeah. That's so. that's what you come to expect with this golf tournament. Absolutely. But it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. So what you're saying is so far we've promoted mud wrestling <laughs> and naked tee offs at the Herald. <laughs> mud wrestling and So we're we're mid we're about eleven minutes in. Donardo, something wrong with your mic? Yeah, so you guys could hear me the whole time, right? I could hear you okay. the, whole, the entire time. Yeah. I just realized the on button was not illuminated. So if we uh, if we go back and see, you know, listen to this after, I may not have said anything. And just you guys <laughs> responding to nothing. But I think it's okay. If you guys can hear me. I, I think, can hear I you think, fine. I, I think we're good. Because if you're, if you're, why don't we do a quick, why don't you try turning your mic off and talk? See if that works. Say something. Hey. Nothing. Right. Boom. We're good. So we're good. Look at that. We're good. We are set. Sorry for that brief. Crisis averted. Technological issue. Anyway, so we got a golf tournament, and uh, we're super stoked for that. But um, yeah, Ottawa is here in Hamilton. 
facing the McMaster Rodders on September 1st. Um, we won't be at that game, but we will be at the soccer game on the 31st. Um, on uh, on the sideline interviews going down? I have a recorder ready to go. We both we all have our phones. We want to be... Are we even allowed on the sideline? We'll see what we can do. Yeah, you hit up uh, your... Oh, wait, Jordan, you, connect, you, you, you don't got your uh, media the, uh, credentials yet? Not my... Not my uh, they and they might be in the mail, but... I tweeted. I don't have anything yet. At Mac Football to see if we can get him to be the official like spokes or hype hype man. No at response. The first game, it. nothing. No, uh, it's crickets. Of Got ghosted hard. Of course. Don't yeah. worry though. We have our We're coming uh, strong. Our Mac Sports uh, communications plug. Maybe we can get in touch with them to uh, check out that whole um, you know on field issues that we might have. Because I, I think it'd be fun the show after that to bring a lot of live clips in. Play yeah. it for everyone listening. Just to, you know, let everyone know what we were doing there. Yeah. Inter- interact with fans. We want to get out there. It's about putting ourselves out there too, right? We want to get out there and, and you know, uh, inter- interact with athletes, and you know that might help. Um, that might help them be more comfortable coming into the studio and talking to us, right? So that'd be that'd be cool to you know for us to put ourselves out there. So look forward to doing that as well. So the soccer players, football, and a couple other sports. They don't have to pay their way for the season, correct? Like yeah. If you're a, if you're an athlete on football, soccer, et there's cetera, there's at least ten, ten max sports that you don't have to pay for, like to sign up. They're considered U sports, so they are in the whole national realm or sort of sanctioning within Canada. So I'd like to touch on that article that was in was it the Spec? Yeah, recently it's a, the Spectator. Um, this is our topic for today. And you know, all jokes aside, it, it is about uh, McMaster golfers having to pay uh, their own way uh, and having to pay to represent the University of McMaster. And yes, Brian, you're right. It was an article from the uh, Hamilton Spectator by Gary McKay. All right, and uh, Jordan, you want to go into a little bit about what that article is about? Yeah, it was an interesting article they put out in the spec last week about uh, they're interviewing the Mac golf coach uh, and apologize for pronouncing your name incorrectly, but it's uh, John Nayev. And I guess the issue with uh, the team now is that they, he wants golf to be recognized as an official university sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the moment, it's not considered a U sport. I just look it up. There's about 11 or 12 sports that are I'm sure you can name off. I'm not going to name them off at the moment, but uh, the big issue is is these players that are committing to these, which are top universities in our country, um, are being forced to pay their way to play. Mm-hmm. And these aren't, you know, small, you know, not not very well known sports. This is a major sport. This is golf. This is golf. And we and we talked about how big golf is in Canada. We we actually, me and you, Jordan, you know, this is before we even came on to uh, McMaster Radio. Um, the impact that golf has in terms of it, its con- contribution to the GDP in Canada. Me and you have discussed that. So it's big. And not only that, we just hosted a massively successful Canadian Open right. on our home course. At Hamilton Golf and Country Club, which more Rory McIlroy and other big names came in, committed to it, had a blast, had a great time. It was a very successful tournament. Um, all you know, everyone in the media, especially the broadcast, were raving about it. Yep. You have 
very well-known golfers, Canadian bred golfers, born and raised golfers that are making a name for themselves in the PGA Tour at the moment. Right. You know, I'm going to name drop guys like Adam Hadwin, uh, Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes. Brooke Henderson. Born and raised just down the street here in Dundas, Ontario. Brooke Henderson's a top 10 LPGA player. Right. Will be, and I will do a hot take right now, Brooke Henderson will be a number one player in the world. All day long. Absolutely. Within the next few years, she will be a number one player. Um, Here's my response to that, though. So I've mentioned before, I've been a, I was on varsity rolling for a while. We had to pay over $1,100 just to compete. And it's very similar. So it's with similar golf with golf. So I can sympathize with a lot of those players. But it was just something you did because you just, well, if I want to play this sport and I want to represent McMaster... And I want to, you know, be on a varsity team and, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. You have to pay. And, you know, very, but, this situation is very, very similar to you, Brian. Uh, in the article, it did say they, the first year players got to pay about $1,250. And, and years after that, around $1,000 or maybe a little bit above that. But so you know, it's, it's almost like your experience. You know what it was, though? A lot, of, a lot of the athletes at the time, you know, were like, yeah, okay, you have to fork out over 1000 bucks. But we also realize we don't bring in any money. So a lot of the athletes are smart enough to realize we don't bring in any money for McMaster. Mm -hmm. So why would they subsidize our sport when no one comes to watch us? There's only maybe five races a year. And there's only one at McMaster every two years, which is just against Guelph. Yeah, so why, I, I understand. why cover like, that if we don't actually if we're not profitable for the the, the school? But are I, we are we looking at an educational institution as a profit making, you know, business entity? Are well, we that's essentially as an educational and you know growth sort of driven institution. I think it, that's it what is, it is. Were, that now we're talking about like NCAA territory yeah. and this whole issue now. Even that. Well, I mean, NCAA they definitely is they up. definitely have that business side. There was growth and educational back in like the late 1800s. Now it's a business. The university is a business. I just think that, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I understand your point, Brian. They they don't generate any income for the university, but I think it has to be McMaster University ain't hurting. No university None in Canada is hurting financially. No. I think to, to ask um, students who are already going into uh, student debt, I think, well, we've, we've all been there, right? Uh, to purchase textbooks for a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars, two hundred dollars, like to add the expense to play a sport they love, right? Like you, 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 you developed your passion for rowing. There's a lot of golfers out there. There's a lot of young golfers. I remember when we played at the Abbey this year, Brian. You know, we saw we saw some young golfers getting some some lessons there. So there's the interest is there, uh, but to ask them to pay their own way to represent their school. I think it's a big ask for those mm -hmm. students who are already going into student debt. And I, I would like to know, it'd be interesting to even have Coach John on, because uh, I would like to ask, like, you know, of the talent pool within Canada, how many how many golfers are being deterred from playing in Canada right. because of that? But I, I don't think... I don't think anyone's being deterred because there's so many different avenues outside of just university sports. It gives you an avenue to play more, yes. Mm -hmm. But... If you're a good golfer and you take the sport seriously, you're probably playing elsewhere. You're probably playing in other qualifying tournaments. I think the university gives you that added bonus to compete and play a little bit more. But if you truly take the sport seriously, I think you're playing. I don't think you're relying on university 
Well, That's they the do, only they, way to improve. They do in the U.S. and a lot of players here and most of the the top Canadian golfers that are on the PGA right now all committed to U.S. schools and went that route. Like that's still a ma- that is a major major way of of um, those are athletes that major universities are not to. getting right. Yeah, it's they're and you're driving and they're making more, the driving for themselves. More, yeah, and you're driving more players to the U.S. like right. we are with other sports. Like we're talking about the the we've talked many times about the renaissance of Canadian basketball. Yeah. And now, you know, just looking at the talent that we have out there at the moment, we we could definitely see a golf renaissance also happen in Canada. But, as so well. there's no incentive to keep the talent no. here. To be, I think that's in a, Canada. I think honestly, you're gonna laugh. I think it's weather related in a way, though. I had a lot of friends that were good golfers, and they could have went to Mac or any other sport. Mm-hmm. But you're very you have a four month window where you can actually play outdoor golf here, mm-hmm. or you can go to some second or third division school in Florida, and you're playing literally year round. And it's paid for. If you're on even sco- if it's if not, if, though, if you're on scholarship, if you had to pay eleven hundred dollars and go play in Florida, you had to pay here. Mm-hmm. Where would you rather go? You'd rather go down south, where it's warm all the time, where you can actually play and you're not hitting off a mat into a net. Yeah, good points. And I think uh, you know when when I read this article, I was surprised maybe like a lot of other people would be, and you guys too, that it's uh, you know golf is not considered a youth sport, and that's the loophole, right? Because it's not considered a youth sport. Uh, the universities. Uh, McMaster University specifically doesn't have to uh, pay for their players. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting debate. Um, and just to go back to the point about golf's uh, influence on uh, you know the Canadian GDP, this, these are some numbers that me and Jordan looked at a, a little while ago. But it does contribute golf fourteen point three billion dollars to Canada's GDP and has over three hundred thousand jobs. So the interest in golf in Canada is obviously there. And I think there's some merit to keep the talent in Canada, but there's got to be some incentive. And I think with Brian, the points that Brian, you know, pointed to whether potential scholarship playing at some courses in Florida compared to here, maybe the competition alone, really. Like if you, you know that the U S is the place to go, if you want to compete against the best as a, as an amateur, as a university student. So why would you stay here? And play against, yes, good golfers, but you're not playing against, you know, future Brooks, mm-hmm. Kepkas or T- Tiger Woods or anything like that. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, from the point of a development and actually developing a right. national program here, right. they're, they're missing a huge step here in terms of a development avenue by not supporting golf as players are moving through their ranks, whether they're coming up through high school and then going and committing to post-secondary. That's a huge right. missed opportunity. And how about just someone that, like, wants to join, like... In every sport, I think there's uh, there's kids that like play youth sports, but maybe there's like maybe maybe they're not going to go pro, right? But they but they play a youth sport. So I did for rowing, right? Exact same thing, right? They, they just play because yeah. they because they want they, they want to stay active. The they're, they're they're committed. They yeah. really like the sport. How about just a golf? Uh, you know, uh, a student golfer who just wants to golf because it's because they like the sport and they want to join the team. I mean, you're you're kind of um, kind of hindering their interests by charging them 1200 bucks i think you're only paying if you legitimately think you have a chance at winning week in week out i don't think you're unless you come from a lot of money right you're not dropping 1200 dollars just to casually play in a couple tournaments because you can go to some cow pasture and play for five dollars on a weekend with your buddies if you just want to get out and swing yeah exactly (laughs) yeah but then again you're you're literally cutting out interest 
that's and, 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 and that's the thing, right? Like you're, you're not giving you're, you're not giving many avenues or chances to for players to to pick up a club and, and want to start playing because there's automatically there that sort of chopping block in terms of uh, finances. I want to coach and I want to play on and soon. Yeah, ASAP. I, th- I want to get yeah. their opinion on on this conversation. Yeah, and I and I think I just think the whole concept of paying to represent your school is a little backwards. It should not be happening. It should. I, I, it should I just think that's happening. a little backwards. It should be the other way around, right? You pay to have these athletes represent your school and represent your brand, or you know, because I, I would say universities can be a brand. McMaster Athletics, McMaster's can be a brand on well, top the, of an educa- educational institution. At the time, and it's unfair to ask every athlete, say a golfer or roller, to do this, but I couldn't afford eleven hundred dollars back in first, second, and third no. year when I rode. So I had to go out, write up a massive, you know, sort of PR promotional paper. To ask businesses to sponsor me, but they don't. Allow, Mac doesn't allow you to wear any of their logos on your equipment, so it was really just like a hey, I'm a local kid. I grew up in Hamilton. I'm an athlete at Mac. Can you donate money to me? But I also can't use your logo on my equipment because it's against mm-hmm. policy. A, a few businesses were, thankfully, they covered my costs one of their two of the years, just because they're just out of the goodness of their heart. But it's unfair to ask athletes to do that. And that's big for golf too, because you see it all the time. The golfers are literally wearing; they're, they're plastered with sponsorships. Exactly. That's where. So you... that's a that's a that's a big source of income for them as well, and for for these companies that are being viewed on TV. But so unless um, policies have changed, maybe I, I could be if if they've changed, I apologize. But maybe they should change the policies to allow golfers at Mac to subsidize some of their costs by allowing sponsorships on their hat or on their shirt or their golf bag, because yeah. not everyone can afford twelve twelve hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. But then you're treading water here with them getting, you know, paid to they're being paid to play through sponsorship. So that's that's where you start to get into sort of other issues, too. But I mean, right from the start, my argument is this. In order to develop your players and in order to grow a game up through the ranks of the national level. You have to be ready to help pay for these players. You have to keep it internal. Keep it internal. Let's start developing local talent and the first avenue for that is through our schools a direct path from our high schools to our canadian universities stop deterring let's just stop deterring these great athletes from going to the u.s just like in all these other sports let's let's turn the ship around here and let's start developing players internally because in terms of like development and like i said we talked about basketball and now we're talking about golf we have a lot of talent here. Yeah. And with the number of players that are playing in Canada, the amount of money that you just mentioned, Anthony, mm-hmm. that's being spent on golf in this country, the amount of interest that's here, yep. to hear something like that, like we're a player that has to pay their way to play in a country that's so supportive of our game. It's backwards. It's, that's just completely wrong to me, mm-hmm. and that should not be the case. I mean, Golf Canada, whether it's Golf Canada, it's a higher level with – um, U Sports or the OUA or whatever, let's all let, let's write the ship here. This, this should not be this way. Let, let's get these kids to start developing and stay here. Well said. I agree. Mm, and, and just preach, add, baby. I just want to add one more thing. I think um, athletes going to the U.S. has just become so normalized because going to the U.S. has always been where maybe a more elite athlete or elite Canadian athlete, I should say, would go. I knew a buddy that went down there for golf, though, and the education he got was similar to what you learn in grade eight. So I don't think it's that elite. Yeah. You're going down golfing, but it's not the most 
It's just opportunity. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, it. yeah, the opportunity is there, but let's let's create the opportunity here. The opportunity is definitely and let, here, and let's and keep it internal. Let's, let's keep it within Canada. It's something we want to do with uh, with basketball as well. There was talk of uh, potential petitions and stuff. I know Coach John wanted to maybe get that going and and stuff. I I really think you'll get a lot of support doing it. I'll be the first to sign that. Would we? Uh, should we start something like that? Let's get. We should start getting going. Yeah, on purposely Nigel. offside is down to sign that petition. Mm. I'm 100 percent in. It's a youth sport. Bottom line, though, and, and the article ended like this. Um, it was just saying how it's a sport, but it doesn't count as a youth sport. It should count as a youth sport. You know where we'll have those petition uh, signups? Our mud wrestling match. Yeah, well, I'll just I'll just hand them out as you guys. As you guys wrestle. tackle each other and all smear right. mud all over one each other, right. how's that sound? No entry fee. You got to sign the petition, though. That's that's the en- entry fee to watch Brian G versus Jordan B. So we got about uh, thirty seconds left. So we're just gonna wrap up quick. Um, man, that flew by, didn't it? Yeah, it always does. Thanks for listening. Ninety-three point three CFMU. Tags. Where can you find us online? At purposely underscore offside mm. on Instagram. At PO Sports Talk on Twitter. Love it, man. Love the, way, love the way you plug. You plug so nice. You practice your harmonica skills, okay, for next time. Yeah. Good to all be right. back with you, boys. Felt good. Good to all be in the studio. All right, so we're wrapping up. We're going to try and get those uh, the golf coach and the um, a couple of golf players on the next week. But, again, you'll catch us at a lot of the McMaster Sports opening events, w- opening events yeah. coming on up. Okay. Later, McMaster. Signing off. See ya. Take it easy. Purposely Offside, episode 17. Epi 17. And uh, yeah, we're here, boys. I got my feet up, reclined, ready to go. Yeah, you're in full summer mode. Brian. Lights are off in here. It's nice and dark. You look comfy. I'm, I'm feeling nice. Just need a little pizza. When's the yeah. last time we ripped a full pot? Wow. Like yeah. Six years ago? It's, uh, yeah, it feels like forever. Um, Thank you guys for listening to our uh, first half of the show, which is, as always, uh, broadcasted, uh, broadcasted sorry, on uh, McMaster 93.3 CFMU. Had a good conversation about uh, the McMaster golf team and how they're you know, not considered a youth sport. Uh, good conversation, and we're going to continue that good conversation with some mainstream stuff. Yeah, we, uh, it was probably the first time that we've actually talked about a sport not named basketball or hockey so yeah it was, yeah, it was good it was, it was good nice it was refreshing change. i mean talk a little golf i love talking golf you know that I'd, oh yeah i think i'm at like almost 40 rounds this year so it's nice to finally get some golf talk in you're almost at 40? actually yeah damn good for you 
have to make the membership worth it. Otherwise, you're just paying for nothing. See, I, I think I've done five. And I almost don't want to go for another round of golf because I just finished the last round of golf I finished was nine holes. Yeah. Shot a 46. And I don't, I don't even want to go for another round because I, just, I feel like just end on a high note, you know? Got to practice a little bit for the Herald, man. No, I know. I, that's a lie. I, I want, I, I'm dying to golf every day, but it just feels good as, as that being my last, that being my last score feels good. Totally. Well, you know, the first rule of the Herald is what's the first, the worse you play, the better. Well, that was me last year. And the score doesn't matter, so. I I think, I can't even remember who my, who's my partner. Oh, Preet was my partner last yeah. year. Yeah. I think we used one of my shots last year. That's fine. Yeah. In fact, so was you that, were. was that bad? You were Preet's partner specifically because Jordan said he didn't want to play with Preet and he wanted a different partner. And who's, not, and who's Jordan to, to. Which was Pick shocking. Like he's who the hell? Do like you he's think Dustin you Johnson are? or something. No, that's where the whole bet came from. That Preet was like, "F you, if you th- if you think you're better than me, let's play head and, to head." Oh, that's right. That's and where they, that and stemmed that, and that's from. Yet to come. It that stemmed was, from him. That was so blown out of context. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I wasn't dissing him, saying I don't want to play with you. What? That's exactly I, what you said. I I said that I wanted to play with somebody else to shake it up a bit and just change the teams. That is interpreted as form, I don't want to play with you. The format for this year. Is I'm picking names out of a hat. That's fine. So so we can I'm in. avoid this whole confrontation and lack. Of, I'm not going to say it's a conflict because it was just completely. It was a conflict. I, so I, I did not. For those who have that. no idea what we're talking about, <laughs> uh, if you listen to the first half of the show, which I'm sure you have or you did, um, we we run a golf tournament every year. All right, we we call it the, the Herald. Uh, the most prestigious tournament that we have, because, you know, we do a few tournaments with the boys. Um, it, it's usually towards the end of August. It's our only major. It's our only major tournament. Uh, and there's some rules. Jordan is actually writing up uh, a complete constitution, a complete list of rules. <laughs> uh, and just to, like how I remember Jordan turning coat on Preet last year was like we were all like setting up our clubs in our respective carts. And like, I think he's, I think, I, I don't know if I remember this correctly. Jordan just set up his clubs with, Rob with Rob because he wanted a better chance grease, to win. Jordan, what a greasy move! Yeah, that yeah, because yeah, no, he wanted his, he wanted the best chance to win. Yeah, and he knows that Rob was going to give him the best chance. And I, that's how I, and then and then because I remember pre being like, okay, Jordan, I see how it is. You don't want to, yeah, you don't want to team up with me. And he's like, oh, I want to switch it up. I want to switch it I up. I want to switch it up. Just yes, to, that's what he said. Yeah, greasy. That was ridiculous. Not because he's player not in the game. Play with him. I switched it up just to. That's what you usually do. You shake up the team. Why wouldn't you say that weeks prior? You wait till we're literally about to tee off, and then you're like, oh, nope, never mind. Because I didn't think that we were going to go into it with having the same team mentalities last year. How I usually play is the champions always stick together until you lose, and then you change up the teams and, and dust it up. I don't know. I think you're just trying to – this is a good PR stunt you're pulling now. Yeah. So for this year – uh, for the for the Herald Golf Tournament. By the way, if you want if you want if you guys want to join uh, the Herald Golf Tournament, shoot us a DM, shoot us an email. Uh, you can reach us at uh, PO Sports Talk on Twitter, purposely underscore offside on Instagram. DM us if you want to join. By all means. With that said, there are very strict rules. It's not the Herald Open. I believe it's the Herald Invitational. Invitational. It is the Herald yeah. Drunken. Invitational, invitational which means you need the invite to be there because it is so prestigious not any golfer 
Not any drinker can just come. Why do we call it the Herald? Anybody want to share that story? I mean, so I know why. an infamous ex-Leaf, when we were doing our Leafs, uh, Leafs Talk 30 podcast a long time ago. Yeah, that's how our, you know, our uh, feelings for doing radio and podcast started with this. With In your Leafs basement. Talk 30 yeah. uh, podcast. Recording like, on your phone. Yeah, on my phone. Just great production. So great production. one of our infamous ex-Leafs at the time was Harold Druken. And a couple of years ago when we started to, you know, all golf together as a group, we set set aside some names for tournaments. One was the Skins at Quinn, and our major was the Harold Drunken. So we we obviously added an N in his last name, mm-hmm. and that just turned into the Harold. Yeah, it just sounds good. It sounds so prestigious. It just comes it sounds, off the lips. It just sounds super greasy. Yeah, the Harold. The Harold, which is yeah, which is why I love it because it just ties in my two favorite pastimes, and that's playing golf and drinking. And we can't go to any golf course. Like we actually have to find a cow pasture in the middle of nowhere because. The first year that we played, we we went to a course that was a little bit higher up in you terms so? of prestige. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a nice course. What it was, was that an, course called again? Hopetown uh, Woods? Yeah. And we were, the first tee, the starter like drove out to us and said, you guys can't play in a six on. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like we're, they're like We're like, there's literally nobody else out here. It's fine. Scenic Woods was all, like, that's where we went last year. That yeah. That was the perfect location. That's where we're going back this year again. I love it. It's perfect for that. It's exactly what the Herald's meant for. What's all these lights going on and off in here? Am I losing like it? You guys see that? Yeah, I see that. Sorry, a bit off topic. Let's see what's going on. But anyway, like, so yeah, Leafs Talk 30. We always talked about infamous ex-Leafs because mm-hmm. we love we love just talking about just complete no-name players the Leafs used to have. And Harold Druken was one of them. And, you know, and so a golf tournament was born in his name. Amazing. I'd love to have him. Can you imagine oh, if we could get him there? It'd be freaking epic. Well, if he can, like, I mean, I'm just slide into his DMs. Where's he from, anyway? I don't know. Like, if he lives around here, I'm sure we can get him out. Yeah, why not? Or even a phone interview if we ever. I, I think he's from Newfoundland. Is he? I th- if I remember looking it up, I think he's from Newfoundland. I think Infamous X Leaf should be a segment in this show. St. John's. You're right. Yeah. yeah. 40 years old, January 26, 79. I, I only know that because I was trying to find a Harold Druken jersey online to use that as sort of like a green jacket for this tournament. That's wow. genius. I was, and well, I you mean, cannot find one anywhere. Well, how, why don't we just do this? Why don't, we, why don't we just get an older Leafs shirt? Unless you want to get a new one, but let's just get an older Leafs jersey and patch it on. Yeah. Bring it to a real sports bar apparel. I saw... And, a, and stitch um, it on. I think I saw a Canucks jersey online, but y- you cannot find... A Harold Drew can leave jersey anywhere, and rightfully so. So, I'd, so would we get two of them? Uh, no, because we're in pairs. It's a best ball tournament. Hey, if we can find two, no, it's not about finding two. It's about getting two jerseys so and, wanna, and stitching the you name. Want to make them? Yeah, we'll make them. We can definitely do that. I just typed in Harold Drukin online on Twitter. Yeah, and the top result was from 2013. Nothing to do with Harold Drukin himself, but it says, "Oh, Harold, God bless your little drunken soul." <laughs> That's the top <laughs> result for Harold Drucker. So, so listen. So that should be <laughs> well, uh, that should be the motto, or the oh, slogan yeah. for this tourney. That's how we should start the tournament. Yeah, like those a, words. Yeah. Oh, Harold, God bless your drunken soul. And then you tee let off. The games, off. Let the games begin. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Actually, save that. I'm gonna screenshot that save, so we don't forget. Save that. Done. And send that to us in the group because that is 100 percent the new slogan for the Harold. I'm so happy that just happened. So that's as amazing. we, uh, you know, since we're on the topic of Leafs. Um, should we just get into some Leafs? Is there anything Leafs related to talk about? 
Mitch Marner is still an RFA. I'm so done talking about Mitch Marner. Same here. I, it was tough for me to bring that up. The other day I was actually, um, well, actually I was at a wedding uh, last night and, um, I actually had a few, you know, people at my table that I work with, uh, you know, they were asking me about, um, you know, what I think about Leafs captaincy. Really? And I'm like, ah, good question. You know, cause I, I actually don't really know. I think there's like three potential players that could be up for, uh, the captaincy this year. And if I had to pick three myself, it'd be I can between Morgan them. Riley. I can guess them. Yeah. And yeah, Tavares. Tavares. Yeah. Those are the token three. And then as I was talking to them, um, it almost feels like Morgan Riley would be one of the best decisions because he's a long, I mean, he's the longest tenured leaf. But as I was thinking about it even more, like I think if John Tavares got it, I think that would it's, it's piss Austin Matthews off, off a little bit. It's got to 100% be John Tavares. You think it's going to be John Tavares? 100%. Why do you say that? Term... Uh, the fact that he's from the area, highly coveted free agent, high, he's your top goal scorer, he's a seasoned veteran, and he's a, he's been a captain at every level, including the NHL, and he's a great leader. It's got to be right. him. It's a safe choice. It's not a it's not a bad choice, but I, I think it causes some internal conflict. Yeah, so that that's why I, like. I, I don't know if it's safe. But then but then do you give do you give it to Matthews just to save face? Because I don't think it's a virus as a guy that would be pissed. Well you give it to Matthews because he is the face of the Leafs, right? Is he? Yeah. Oh yeah. More than you would He's say your eleven point six whatever he's making million dollar guy. Overall. He's your first overall pick. But is he the right choice? It you know what, guys? He uh you know the Leafs exiting in the first round aside, Austin Matthews had a great playoff last but, year against but, the Boston Bruins but do you and he made strides him, from the year before in the playoffs but do you see him being a guy who is ready to step in and lead this team to the promised land yeah because he does he shows it on the ice yeah well, in his 16 minutes he gets to play yeah well, well that's a that's a completely different issue in itself funny you bring that up I I, I just read on vacation I read Doug Gilmore's uh biography yeah great book um, but he, he talks a lot about Pat Burns mm-hmm. and one thing that really stuck out to me in that book is how he talked about Pat Burns double shifting Gilmore in the playoffs, like with like up and down first, second, third line, different wingers liking it, like lo- loving. Well, yeah, he loved the ice time, yeah. but it was just like that, like Burns had that will to win and get creative with the lineup. Yeah. And, and, and the first thing that stuck out to me when I'm reading that because he was talking about playing 22 minutes and being pushed up and down the lineup with different wingers. First thing that comes to my mind is, wow, like I wish Mike Babcock would get creative with his lines. No, here's the thing. November game against Carolina on a Monday night. Yeah. Play Matthews 15, 16 minutes. Yeah. Especially if you're up two, three, nothing. But in the playoffs or down the stretch, like, man, this guy's what? 21. He has the energy. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Yeah, I I'm not. I'm honestly like I get sports anxiety thinking about having to watch the Leafs again and, and like relive all those feelings from last year. I know the like, thing that the thing that drives me nuts is we're talking about load management with a 20 year old. We really had Ron Hainsey and Patrick Marlowe. That's what's so nuts. Yeah, it's a bit ridiculous on the ice every second. It's crazy, man. That it's, drives me nuts. I'm not looking honestly. 
I can't wait for hockey, but I'm not looking forward to like the 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 anxiety the, the and media gong show. Yeah, like, that just that comes year. along with like an NHL season. When that topic comes up about Austin Matthews and the and, and the time on ice, like I don't know, Babcock just recently said I was reading an article a couple weeks ago that Bob, Babcock was saying that that 18 minute, the 17 to 18 yeah. minutes that Austin Matthews gets is is appropriate for his development as a young center. And I feel like that's such a, like, Atkins response to that question. Yeah, yeah. Because he's 20 years old. Yeah. Or 20, was he 20 or 21? He's 21, 20. Now, something like that. This guy can go out there at least 20, 21 minutes, man. It's... It, it, I, I, I heard that interview too or read that yeah. and I, I sort of saw it as sort of like a F you, I'm the coach. Right. Don't question what I do. Yeah. I've won a cup. I've won gold medals. Leave me alone. I'll do what I want to do. That's how and, I and, interpreted that. And he will that. live and die by that sword but this coming year don't if, you, if the Leafs don't experience success in the first round. Don't you think, like I don't think Shanahan's an idiot. Don't you think Shanahan, maybe even set aside Dubas aside, sits down with Bath, I was like, listen, man you can't do what you did last year. Like you have to grow a little bit. Like yeah. you have to evolve as a coach. I'm sure right. they definitely had lengthy conversations after then that. Then why isn't it changing? I don't know. The frustrating thing about last year is that Nazem Kadri, you know, we had that, that one, two, three punch down the middle. Nazem Kadri goes out against the Bruins and that was an opportunity to move Austin Matthews up and down the lineup, you know, because you had Willie Nylander yeah. playing, playing third line center, move, you know, a few shifts, Nylander, Matthews, or Trevor Moore is playing really good. Trevor Moore, Austin Matthews, like just get creative with your lines. And it's just something that I, when I, when I read Doug Gilmore's biography, like, you know, Pat Burns, like was getting really, really creative with his line matching uh, or his line combinations, I should say. And it just really stuck out to me because I, I think that's something we're looking for from Mike Babcock and, and we didn't see it in the playoffs last year. And well, I, Boston, I made it frustrated. Made it Boston frustrated. made adjustments. They, they did. They made and it only oh, turned the series around. Yeah. Yep. And to the point where they even interviewed Boston, Boston's coaches and players, and they even were like quoted saying, "Like, yeah, we can't believe they didn't make any changes. Yeah. They rolled the same four lines out there, play in, play out, shift in, shift out, no changes at all. Yeah, they didn't try and defend the power play differently. Nothing. It's all the same. Yeah. So I mean, when we talk about captaincy, and maybe I don't, I don't know if you're a little reluctant Jordan because I know you mentioned John Tavares I don't know if that means you're reluctant to give it to Austin Matthews uh, but if you are like is it because maybe, well maybe the reluctancy is because his his ice time is not being rewarded for his play is, is that is that no, a factor I, I just so, I just think it's solely based on the fact that you have a veteran leader that you just dumped a ton of money on um, who is a proven leader at the NHL level, he's his captain at the junior level. He's played internationally, and you can tell just by the way he handles himself that he he is captain material for this team. You listen to his; um, he was just actually interviewed recently about talking about the Leafs captaincy and the Mitch Marner situation. You see how he handles handles himself with the media. You see how he handles himself on and off the ice. That's a perfect captain for this team, and that's a that's a perfect captain for Mike Babcock because they're very similar. They're very similar in the way they handle themselves. Are you concerned about the animosity in the room that would create, Brian? Or do you think, first of all, do you think it would create any animosity between Austin Matthews and Mike Babcock? I don't. I don't. I don't think it would publicly. 
and I don't think Matthews would ever bring it up to anybody. Same. Yeah. But I feel like he would go home to like his parents or like his good buddies and be like, "You got to be kidding me." Yeah. Like then really? That's, that's not a that's not a leader. That's not, not, it's not well, what a leader does. I still I think, think it's it doesn't nature. matter though. That's not what a leader it's human. Nature. It doesn't matter. If, Suck it up. You're in the NHL, bud. I, but people have emotions, Suck man. Suck it up. People have emotions. They're still people. Yeah. It's the same thing if like if you're at work and you you believe. Um, you should have gotten that promotion over someone else. It, it just goes on top, like like him being named, because obviously, I mean, you got to think that Babcock, Dubas, and Shanahan all sit down and talk about a captaincy, right? And, oh, and yeah. I and I think we'd hear more about it if it was right now, if it wasn't for this Mitch Marner contract situation. But you got to think they all talk about it. So if they pick John Tavares, I agree, Brian. Uh, Matthews will never say anything about it publicly, but I think behind closed doors with his family, with the guys internally, with the team, and his little. You know, with his little groups and friend groups he has within the Leafs organization and with the players, he's he might say, you know, and think up in his head and maybe even vocally among the, among those players, man, I can't believe I didn't get it. And and that just that's one more thing on top of the ice time. Yeah, you, you know, know, I think a safe bet, honestly, where I don't think anyone can get any flack is Riley. That that's why I mentioned Riley to start off. Like just, he's such a safe bet, right? He's improved year in, year out. Every yeah. single year he's developing more. He's become like a legitimate top one, top two defenseman in the NHL now. Right. He's been here the lo- pretty much the longest. He's put in his time. Yeah. I don't think anyone could complain and say, yeah. "Wow, R- Riley got it." Really? I think a lot of people would be like, "Yeah, it's a safe bet." Yeah. Yeah, I know. I agree. Now, I, like that's not to say. That's not to say that that's who I think the Leafs should put as the captain. Uh, I do think it's a safe bet. I am leaning towards Austin Matthews just because that he is the face of the franchise. But I agree, totally safe bet. And if he was named the captain, I'd be totally okay with that too. Um, I don't think they'd name one, honestly. You don't think they name one this year? Not this year. I think they need to. What do they need to do it for? I think they do. Because when you get to the playoffs, you need leaders to step in and, and do the job. But people are doing that in the dressing yeah. room anyway. But it's been too long. You need that. You need that leadership shown with your franchise. You need that confidence, and you need that guy to step in and carry the load. And I think that's that's really been lacking for them. But a, the fact that they have no identity, like a captain, you see a captain on the ice, it's an identity. I don't think in today's NHL it is. Yeah. I think like twenty years ago it was, even ten years ago. I don't think it matters now with like but you this see- youth movement in the NHL. I don't think it matters having like a. A C on someone's jersey. But when you know that someone's a captain, you're stepping on the ice, there's that sort of confidence there knowing that they're they're in there. Like when you think of think of all the teams in the playoffs, you know when and I don't know, just I might be talking from like when I played and stuff like that, but like when a captain's on the ice, there's a different mentality towards a player. Like you look the typically your captain is one of your best players in the team. And you talk about an identity, you know the Bruins, you know every time Char is on the ice, obviously because of his presence, but also because they know that he's a leader on that team. But if he didn't have a captain's, a captain on his logo, he would still be the same force out there. Like if they took the C off him and gave it to Bergeron. Bergeron or Marchand. Yeah, people would more, still... There's more attention. Nah, man. There was. Not anymore. You don't think there's, in this new NHL, think there's just too many good players out there that there is no attention? There are too many egos. With this whole youth movement in the NHL. And, and that's why I'm hesitant with it. Even though I agree with you, Jordan, I think Tavares would make a great captain. That's why I'm so hesitant for them to name him because it just feels like it would add on top of Austin Matthews' frustration internally with Mike Babcock. 
Well, because you know what's there. You know, you know, there's a little bit of animosity there in relation to the power play time and and the. Um, you can't just give a seat know, to somebody and, just to cool them down. That, well, that's the wrong way to go about but it. But my, my point is you're not giving Austin Matthews the captaincy to cool him down. Or boost his ego even more. You're giving him the captaincy because he's your franchise player. But you might not but the thing give you gotta, the, but the thing you'll you'll have to know internally is is he a leader for your locker room? His he, play is on he, the is he a leader in he can be a leader on the ice. Yeah. With your play. Yeah. Your physicality, standing up for your teammates, scoring, you know, big name player, that's fine. But leaders are there in the locker room. The leaders are there to, to lead yeah, your team. We to don't the, see half of unfo- Unfortunately, that's, you don't. those are the things we don't see, right? But the guy that's the, but the guy that will get the seat is that internal guy. But you, you know what I the wanted guy that to will see? Lead teams and lead you the younger guys. You know what I wish we had video of in game like game seven? A guy like Matthews or Tavares turning around with 10 minutes to go and ripping in the Babcock. Like, get me on the ice. Right. We didn't see that from anyone. I think a true captain and a true leader who knows they can make a difference in a game would turn around and be like, "Get, put me on. I'm literally going on whether or not you like it or not. I'm going on the ice. I'm scoring. Like, I, for, I forget. I, somebody said that recently in an yeah. interview. Brian, you know what? what? You're, you're spot on uh, with that because, and again, we don't know if he's done this before. Uh, but I'm just going to refer to Doug Gilmore's book again. Uh, there was a time that uh, him and Dave Anderchuk, uh, when they first started playing together in Toronto, uh, Pat Burns hated, Pat Burns hated turnovers at the blue line. Mm-hmm. And Doug Gilmore was one of the, it was a bit different game back then. It was a lot of dump and chase, yeah. but Doug Gilmore was that player that was allowed to carry into the neutral zone. Anyway, he lost the puck at the blue line and, um, and the opposition went down and scored. And Doug Gilmore was saying how uh, Pat Burns benched them for the whole period. I think it was about like the last 12 minutes of the period. Him and Andrew Chuck. And Andrew Chuck did nothing wrong. It was yeah. just Gilmore who turned it over. And Gilmore, uh, you know, Gilmore was talking to Andrew Chuck as they were sitting on the bench. He's like, this is ridiculous. But it, at the intermission, storms into Burns' office and says, what the hell? Like, what's your problem? And then, you know, Pat Burns explained it to him. But they, they ended up the conversation with him with Gilmore ultimately understanding why he had benched them. I can't picture a player in this day and age storming into a coach's office and saying, what the hell is your problem? I think people are too scared of Babcock. I think he has this like, and that's just speculation. I think he has this aura around him where just players are actually scared of him. I don't think there's that like, I can't picture him bringing someone in an intermission. Hey, this is what you need to do better. This is this is how you get more ice time. No, he's stuck in his ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, his his coaching style last year definitely showed that showed that he was stuck in his ways. Um, but if it continues in the first month or two of the season, what leads you to believe it'll change in the playoffs again? We're just gonna get bounced. He'll. Well, the the th- only, that's where he'll be judged. The only thing is, this year they actually have a lot of new players, so there there is going to be an adjustment period to figure out these lineups. And I think me and Jordan were talking on our last podcast that. Um, Dubis has provided Babcock with some of the tools that he's wanted, the right-handed defenseman, um, some grit, and um, we'll see how he handles that. More speed, more speed. We'll see. We'll see how he handles all this stuff. But they're they're a team built for the playoffs. They are. We can go into the season, knock on wood. If there's no injuries, like there's a high percentage that they'll make the playoffs. Yeah. So we're not, I'm not worried about games in November, December, January. I'm worried about. Games in April and hopefully May, which we haven't really seen in a long time. 
when I'm watching the Leafs during the regular season, because I think we can all agree they're going to make the playoffs, going back to your point, Jordan, I want to see an identity being built during the season. There wasn't one last year. Because there wasn't one last year. It was year. just like, it was blank. There was nothing. Yeah. It was, it was like, really okay, they're a skilled team yeah. who can score, but they but they can also allow, they also allow a lot of goals. They're, they're a little sloppy. They're, it, it was all year, the same like narrative. It was like, yeah, yeah okay, they're good. They're, they can score a lot. Then, yeah, okay, now they're sloppy. Well, now they're bad on defense, but now they can score. Yeah. There, there wasn't like a true identity yeah. to them the whole and, year. And maybe you're right. Like maybe a captaincy solves that. They were still trying but to find themselves in this, this against Boston, which you can't. They're still a developing yeah. team with kids. That's it's tough to do, but like they're they're still developing, which is well, they're they're doing they're sort of half and half. Like they're developing, they're finding their identity, but they're also showing flashes of greatness. Chicago was developing, and they won a cup with their Boston, young guys. You that, right. Boston, Pittsburgh too. was developing; they won with their young guys. So why did the Leafs get bounced first round? And they all, and they that all come down to and defense. those teams had an identity that comes down to defense. Right? They were they they were both teams that had um, players that play at both ends of the rink. They were just as tough defensively as offensively. I truly can't handle. Like mentally and as a fan and just as an as a human, another first round exit. Dude, they can't afford it. I'm gonna go nuts. I literally like I, I don't I will go psycho. I've been in the worst mood when I think about hockey since game seven, which we watched together. I, I yeah. can't like I don't know, I can't get amped up right now about hockey. I'm so I'm still so angry. Yeah. It's just like I, I don't think I can handle another first round exit this year. Let us know what you think, guys. Um, who should be the next captain of the Maple Leafs? We'll run a poll. Do you think they need a captain? Maybe that's even a question we should uh, look at. I think we do, you know, uh, because I, I agree with you, Jordan. I think, uh, you know, setting a captaincy really um, is the beginning of starting an identity for so a team. When do they name one then? If, if Well, and here's the other thing where I was going to talk about is I think this process, I'm not, not, I'm not suggesting the Leafs can't multitask as an organization, but I think they're so focused on this Mitch Marner situation that it's occupied a lot of their time. And um, that's why I think they haven't named one yet. I think they got to name one before game one. I think they're, they I think they're just trying to figure this whole Mitch Marner thing out and it's occupied a lot of their time and maybe the captaincy has just went on the back burner for a little bit. I don't think you can name one like mid-season, though. I think you got to do it before the season or it's not gotta at be, all. Right. It's got to be. That. It's got to be before game one. Come out, come out in the home opener with a captain introduced. I could see them like training Blow camp. The doors off. Like maybe once the final set lineup is set, yeah, I think they could got, they could do something like that. Yeah, I feel like we got to name them before that game against Ottawa. Or is it Ottawa? Or who's your home opener against this year? Are we going again? Fuck yeah. Oh. Are you going to bleep that out, Tenardo? No, I'll leave that in. PC onside? This is a warning, Jordan. I'm getting juiced. No swearing allowed. Man, we haven't had a full, like... You just, you're fired up. That's I'm fine. getting juiced. We haven't had a... What would it be? One, two, three. We haven't had a five-some at Real Sports in a long time. Like, honestly, four or five years, I think. We're going to go to a game this year, boys. There's always one. Let's go to. Did buff. I? Call, I can't remember if I you came didn't, last year. You and um, Preet didn't come last year. It was Batag's right. uh, Zolk and I, and we stayed at the condo right around the corner. Home opener is against the Ottawa Senators. What, Wednesday October again. October second. Wednesday, October second. Yeah. What's with these Wednesday games? They always open on the Wednesday. Wednesday I know, but Wednesday I, night hockey. Open on a Saturday, man. Is it at home that day? Yeah. Yeah. That's good then. RS was on. No, RS was at uh, last year. Was at home against Montreal. Three two. 
Uh, yep, yep. Shootout or overtime oh, no, winner? Austin Matthews overtime winner. He right. scored uh, the tying goal and the no, he started, scored the opening goal and then he scored the winner in overtime. I tried walking out with a schooner last year, full, <laughs> full of Cronenberg Blanc. Full. I was so juiced. Full. We walked out with them in the playoffs, empty. But because it's easier to put under your jacket. Yeah. I didn't have a jacket last year. Full schoon. Eh? Like the game was over and we're all like feeling nice. Yeah. I think I ordered three full schoons. So then I'm like, well, I can't finish this. I'm going to walk out with it. So I walk out. I'm like halfway to the exit. Security comes after me. Oh, no. Hey, you can't do that. Like, what do you mean? That's you can't you walk said. out with a full a full schoon. So he lays his hand on me. I'm like, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what did he say to that? Like, get lost. I'm like, no, this is like, this is me too, I said. <laughs> this is a... <laughs> you're touching me. It was a, <laughs> ridiculous. Let me guess. He backed right off. Immediately. Immediately after I gave the beer back, but yeah. in any case, none yeah, you of paid that for year. it, man. What's that? They they, they should have gave you a to go cup. You paid for that schoon. I know. Well, I just, guess you can't. Uh, yeah, you can't carry. You can't have open alcohol on the streets. Oh, you can't. I thought oh. Doug Ford. I think you can do anything on no. Doug Ford. <laughs> it's just no rules apply. It's a purge no after <laughs> Leafs games. <laughs> Wish we anyway. could do that. But and I still I I still have this uh, this leaf grimage plant. Yeah, this leaves what? The leaf grimage. What's Remember that? that if the Leafs make the cup, we'll like walk from Hamilton all the way to uh, Toronto. Dude, I have it all laid out on my phone. Do you know how the media yeah. attention we get on that? I, I have it. I have it all planned out right now already. So we're already planning I'm the. Not gonna, I'm not gonna. It's like a pilgrimage. Anything. I'm not gonna say anything else, but it's 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 in the it's in the works. We're gonna make it work. We would have to leave from I think like, like Hutches. Four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we'd have to leave from Hutches at f- like 4 a.m. What did we say it would take walking like, like 14 hours? Yeah, f- 14, 15 hours. And that's like nonstop. Which, like, what way would we take? Lakeshore, the whole way. Yeah. Lakeshore. From from friggin' Burlington to. Oh, true. Yeah. Downtown Toronto. I would yeah. do that. Right to, right to Maple Leaf Square. The idea behind it would be to get all other Leafs fans to join along the way. To then just so have like we a. Would, f- we would depart very early. Yeah. Pack some snacks. Snacks and a couple of like backpacks, like with some drinks inside. Like have one of those helmets, like a Happy Gilmore had. Get in a hotel for the night. You or, have or to. Are we go training back? I think I'd collapse as soon as we got to Maple Leaf Square. The best part is we'd get there, and they'd get greased like nine nothing, <laughs> <laughs> and we just collapse. <laughs> we would one hundred percent catch the go at like Applebee. <laughs> you imagine? <laughs> like, there, like at some Tap part, out. we're just like, okay, guys, like, like. But the whole idea. I'm done. Behind it would be to to in, entice fans along the way to join us. So then we eventually just have a mass like crowd walking on Lakeshore, Leafs fans. And this is to a game, like to a playoff game, like a game one Stanley, of like Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Oh, Stanley. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Well, right. I think Stanley you Cup final, game I, one. I definitely think you can get people to join along the way for game that. One. Yeah, you you post it everywhere. You get some like newspapers or some media uh, folk to like pick it up. Overdrive. Yeah, you call in there. Hey, this is what we're doing. This is this is yeah. where we'll be at what time. Meet us there. Good Not even. Got, just, good just thing we got a plug guy. A plug that. I'll <laughs> plug the hell out of it. I'll get them. Get them to uh, shout us out. Maybe we'll do a call in. Be, yeah. Tell them what's good. Thing is, we're gonna be fifty nine years old by the time that happens. So <laughs> yeah. So we'll be catching the go train <laughs> in a wheelchair. Yeah, you can start training. Fairview. Alder shot. When we make it there. Well, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. You have to. You have to, man. <laughs> we got to prep for this. This is happening. The, win- the window is open. Yeah. So, uh, other topics to discuss. Quick disclosure, I do have to leave shortly. Yeah. So I might have to leave this to you too. No worries, buddy. 
Maybe we'll go with like one, one more topic and we'll just wrap up. Because we actually went on, we actually went off on that for a little while there. It's so easy that like it's such an easy topic because we're, like, yeah. we're also passionate about the Leafs. Can you imagine like a first week of October? We're gonna be fired up, boys. Let's just do like a three-hour potty for opening week. No problem, easily. And they always open like six zero and one. It's the best is that we actually said that we weren't gonna talk Leafs coming on, and then we just went into it. Do it. The once, last you go, two once, years. once you go into it, it's like do it. we're there. We might as well go. I want a six zero and one start again this year, like the last two years. Yeah, you, power it, play it like well, fired. Arguably, that's what has kept the Leafs their heads above water. Uh, these la- uh, these well, especially this past year is their hot starts. And they got off to those hot hot starts, and then because they were they weren't doing well uh, towards the end of the season. So I'm very curious to see Tyson Berry this year. Oh, he'll be good. The thought of him and Riley this year. Those guys are going to be. They're going to be dynamite. Beauties. So is Spezza. Man, I keep forgetting. It's such a rant. Man, do you know what the Spezza signing is? It's like, it's Circa Leafs 2002, (laughs) where they would just bring in all these vets that are like 39 years old, way past their prime that you wanted like 12 years earlier. They only signed one. No, but I I know the Leafs always sign a bunch, but it's like a Brian Leach, like 2.0. Yeah. That's what good, the Leafs were known for. Very good then. signing, though. Like even Brian Leach was an awesome signing. Yeah. Just like, just like that. This is a very underrated signing. Leach, Lindros, yeah. like all the guys that were good like twelve years prior. Yeah. I put the over under at like fifteen goals this year. Oh my, way under, man. Do you think way under? Yeah, he's gonna get like seven. Seven? Do you think? Seven goals. I'd say like twenty five assists. I think he's still got a lot left in the tank. So tr- transition um, into another topic. Um, a team that reminds me of the Leafs right now, in terms of because you know how the Leafs did the whole rebuild, are the Jays. Because like remember that remember there was that period of time where like the J, like the Leafs were just not worth watching. They had like Luca Caputi as like <laughs> oh, their wow. best player. Man, they had like Mike. Oh, I love Mike. Love me some Mike Santorelli. <laughs> but like you know they they were just that team. They just had a bunch of guys you knew weren't going to go forward with the team. Um, but then they started calling up Willie Nylander. They draft uh, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews. They bring in their young players from the Marlies. That's almost like the feeling uh, the Blue Jays are at right now. Um, because let's face it, to begin the season, and even last year, there has really been no point to watch the Blue Jays. Um, but now, I got to admit for me, I don't know if, if you guys can say the same thing, I got a little bit of, little bit of Blue Jays fever. Really? Yeah. I asked Brian last week, I go, how much Jays have you watched this year? He said absolutely none, not not, not an inning. Seriously. And I, I've tried to get into them. I've tried to sit down over the past week or you know since Bo went on this absolute tear. Um, but I just can't do it. I just the, the pitching's not there. It's just you know they they've been playing well the last week or so, but I've just. Knowing how far out they are, and but it, like it's just, just a ramping up for football season. I'm just I'm not into them. Do you remember that year where the Leafs didn't make the playoffs, yeah. but they were playing some good hockey? Yeah. Like that's what I'm comparing it to, right? Like I, I I'm I'm intrigued. At that point, I was intrigued at the Babcock culture change, right? Because that's when he first came in. Yeah. Right now, I'm a, what appeals me is this Blue Jays culture change, where they actually have two pillars um on their team in Vladi yeah. and, and now Bobichet who has a seventeen game on base streak. It's over. Which is now. a franchise record. It's yeah, it's, o- over, it's now, over now, but I mean And Vladdy just got hurt. He's on the DL. But the when guy, 
the guy just comes in and he's a stud. When I think about Jays right now, though, the first thing I think of is how much I dislike Atkins and Shapiro. Shapiro. A lot of people feel the way you feel. So I don't think of that. when I think Jays, I don't immediately think, oh, Bichette and Vladdy. I think, God, I hate their management group. And I think that's and I, the yeah. wrong. I think a lot of people share that same feeling. I think a lot of people do share that same feeling, but I think we we got to give it just a little bit of time and see how this plays out. I agree. I mean, they 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 botched some trades. There's their attitude. There's the way they approach. We talked about this last week. Yeah. Just like they just have this. I don't know. This unlikability to them. Yeah. I, it's their attitude, right? It's it's the those answers they give. The Ross Atkins is notorious for beating around the bush. Yeah, just be honest. He's not or pretend player. to be honest. Just give give fans something they like to go off of. Yeah, doesn't really answer a question directly, and that rubs people uh, you know the wrong way. And, and and a lot of people feel the way you feel. It's because of the whole Rogers regime. Like they they're so sick and tired of this corporate, you know, PR talk all the time about where this franchise is heading. Like. I think people are left in the dark right now about where they're at with this rebuild. Like they know, oh, we're just gonna blow it up. Okay, thanks. Now, what's your what's your goal for the future? What, are you gonna start spending money? Or are you just focusing on development now? It like, is development, and and it's nice to have it, development with three pillars in the lineup, like yeah. Vladdy as a pillar, Bo Bichette as a pillar for your franchise, and Kavab and Kavab Biggio. You can, you can hit dingers all you want, though. If you don't have pitching, you're, you're hooped. I think that comes in time. That, that, that's where the spending comes in. My, my question was, if you're, if you're saving for the future now, when are you going to start dumping a ton of money in the arms? Because they do have a lot of rookie talent in terms of pitching. They just promoted, actually, Nate Pearson to AAA, who's a, a stud. The guy's got an absolute cannon for an arm. Right. Uh, but... Uh, and I've said this before on prior potties. MLB is all about spending money. I mean, they're, they're, the fast track to development is by spending money. And the best teams that are in the league right now haven't traditionally gone that route. They've just constantly just dumped all as much money as they can on all-star talent, and they've consistently made the playoffs, and they've consistently competed. You were talking about the Astros and stuff, but yeah. Um, well, even at too, some point they had, even yeah. at some point the Astros had to dump money into Verlander and to, you know, into some pitching. Yeah, I just think people are too impatient, and with the Jays in terms of development because they play in the same division as the Yankees, mm-hmm. and the Red Sox who who just historically just always contended because they've just come in year after year and oh we had an off year. All right, so let's just top up the payroll again and let's just bring in all the top name free agents and let's just spend money so they make the playoffs or they they contend or win the World Series the very next year. That doesn't happen in, in many other sports, but in baseball it can. So I think historically, Jays fans have just been so upset with years of losing. You're talking about like going back to the, the 2000s uh, leading up to 2014 when the Anthopolis regime went on that tear. They're just... There was no money being spent. They were just kind of, you know, you know, tooting along. Had star players coming in and then losing them just because they weren't doing anything with the teams. So I just, I just think they're sick of doing another rebuild again. I understand the frustration. I get the development part of it, and I think it's very important. And these kids are going to be studs. But, like you said, Brian, I think the way they just the, the, the lack of communication and vision 
for Jays fans right now is just really ticking everybody off. Does that piss you off, though, Brian? The fact that they don't spend, like the Yankees, the Red Sox, even though they're backed by a multi or a multi-billion dollar company like Rogers. I mean, they always say, "Oh, well, you know, we'll spend when we when we get good," and they prove that what 2015, yeah, ish, yeah, that they they would spend. But then you're just relying on a lot of luck, really, and you're just putting a lot of, I don't know, a lot of trust in your scouts. Mm-hmm. You can really botch that because every team is trying to do the exact same thing you are, yeah. win without having to spend money. Yeah. And I think in the MLB, especially in this division, you have to. You got to. Absolutely. Anyway, on that note, I do have to head out, gents. So you guys yeah. keep going, but um, we'll be in touch. Take it easy, buddy. Miss you guys. We'll see you. See you soon. We're going to continue the conversation here on Purposely Offside. Jordan, it's fantasy football season. Already? Well, it's just around the corner. Um, I'm sure we're all getting our fantasy football leagues um, not only started, but like as individuals in fantasy football, we are doing our uh, our research on who to draft. I still got to do a little bit of my homework. How are you doing with yours? Uh, I did a few mock drafts today. You did? I did. Yeah. Wow. Talking, you know what? Uh, I'm going to do one tonight. I, I, here's the thing about these, these mock draft sites. I don't know how reliable their sort of mock, I don't know if you're going to call them algorithms or whatever, but I'll do a mock draft. It's a pretty damn good one. At least I think it is. I did about two or three of them. We're at a stacked roster. And I was getting like F grades and like D minus grades. Like I don't know what the statistics are behind it, but my team was stacked. I'll I'll give you an example. I did a mock draft. I'll give you my team. So my team was Drew Brees, Todd Gurley, Mm -hmm. Emmanuel Sanders, Sonny Michelle, Zach Ertz. I had the Rams defense. I had Greg Zerline as my kicker. I had Amari Cooper. Wow. Stacked roster, and I got an F grade. Funny you mentioned what that. What the hell is that? Yeah, that, that's that's ridiculous. Especially with, like, Breeze, Gurley. Like, there's, you got some oh, good players and, on there. And, and I had Julio Jones. Julio Jones, Amari. Like, that should be an A-plus grade draft right there. I don't know, like, like you mentioned these report cards that you get after your draft, how like accurate they are. Because last year I got like a C, but I made the championship and actually faced you in the championship and lost. Um, but I thought my team was a lot better than a C grade. And then you have people finishing with like an A grade, but they might finish like middle of the pack or the bottom line is you can't predict fantasy football. You can't predict football. It's, it's, it's just factors. impossible. I don't know if anyone's ever tried to play pools. Uh, on pro line, but it's impossible to pick winners. It's impossible to predict player production. And injuries will destroy one in, one injury to your fantasy team and destroy you. So I think what I'm saying is those report cards you get when you're doing Yahoo. Fan, you, this was on Yahoo, right? You're doing Yahoo? Uh, no, it was a different site. I forget the name of it. It was a, it was a mock draft site. Okay. It wasn't a part of Yahoo. Anyway, I think the whole but report card for any drafts, mock drafts or real drafts, is complete bogus. But... I'm excited. I'm excited for fantasy season. I love it. It's I I dread watching preseason every year though. Can't stand it. Yeah, I'm not. Big Shout on out it. to all you guys that are betting on preseason, because preseason betting is an absolute joke. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, especially going into like you're you're talking about betting on the first week of preseason when you're betting on third stringers. Like, man, you're really you're really going to put yourself in a position to lose some money here betting on backups. So on the topic of football, where would you draft being um, being a Steelers fan? We know you're a Steelers fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, where would you draft Antonio Brown, who is not a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers anymore, but a member of the Oakland Raiders? Where would you draft, in a fantasy draft, where would you draft Antonio Brown? I would probably put him... If he's available in the second round, are you taking him? Trying not to be biased here. Well, there's no... I don't know. Is there not still bias? bias when I, I, have a lot of, I have a lot of hate towards him. Oh, you have him. a lot of hate towards him. But in terms of just sheer talent and what he's capable capable of, he could easily be a low-end second rounder. Yeah. His, if he, if he his, had a better attitude, potentially his first, His off-field right? antics right now, and I've tweeted at a few Raider fans. So you know that. who you are if you're listening. Man, you're you're in for a rough season with this guy. I'm telling you right now. You can say all you want. Oh, he's a, I had some people tweeting me saying he's the GOAT, and, you know, just, you know, there there is a video of him giving – his gloves to two kids, which was which was touching. The kids obviously were were very happy with it. But then the the very next day or after the game, going right back to this whole helmet issue. Yeah, so Antonio. Out and yeah, maybe we should give some context. Yeah, Antonio it. Brown, uh, you know, w- goes to the Oakland Raiders. Um, traded to the Oakland Raiders. Traded for nothing. Traded for nothing. Big acquisition if you're the Oakland Raiders. They, oh, they, need, were, they, need, they were jacked. They need a they need a big target guy. They need a big target receiver for Derek Carr. They get yeah. Antonio Brown, but now he's coming with this whole sideshow, um, with this whole helmet gate scandal. You probably have heard it. If you haven't, uh, we'll explain what it is. It's uh, actually you did a good job explaining what it was earlier. So why don't you explain what helmet gate is? It's Antonio Brown uh, mad at the NFL because they're banning the helmet that he's used in the past. Yeah, they, the whole issue over the last years or so, especially with all the lawsuits, is player safety. And the NHL has come out, uh, NHL, the NFL has come out and, say, and ruled that there are certain make helmets that are deemed unsafe for players to use, and they've ruled them out entirely. So if you're a player that are using these helmets on this sort of banned list, you are not able to play with these helmets. Obviously, one of the helmets that Antonio Brown was, is using and has been using pretty much his entire career since he was drafted is on that list. So he publicly came out and said, and he you, you've seen many players switch helmets. They, they said most notably Tom Brady had to switch his helmet. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers had to switch his helmet too. He saw me. He only had that one little like mm-hmm. dinky strap. With yeah, that's the single, right. That that's no. There's no protection in that at all. So like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, you know, two of the biggest stars in the Big NFL names. had to go out and and change their helmets. And they come in and say, Antonio, you got to change your helmet. It's banned. It's on the NFL's ban list. So you're not allowed to use it. He's come out and said, 
you know, pretty much F that. I'm holding out. I want, I can't, I can't use these helmets. Which seems to be something every, uh, not just NFL player, athletes in general right now are all about holding out, whether it's for money or they maybe have a different vision on equipment or on, uh, you know, culture of the team. Holding out seems to be a kind of an epidemic right now in sports. So he's, he's, he's threatened to hold out or not play. I don't even think he, I think he threw out the retire, not retire term, but he said pretty much I'm holding out. I'm not playing it unless I get to use my helmet again, going off crying to management or Gruden, the NFL, just trying to get his way. And the Raiders, the Raiders actually defended him. They, they supported him and, and supported his, uh, his claim to the league that he should be able to wear this helmet. I think he tried to grieve it through the, through the NFL PA. With the support of the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. And then the NFL turned around and said, nope, so absolutely not. how does Antonio Brown uh, repay the Oakland Raiders uh, for being in his corner, having his back on this whole issue? He doesn't show up to practice yesterday. He was holding out for a while, and then he he... he Finally, I guess. Well, he he had some off-field injuries too. Yeah, another disaster. He had that whole frostbite. That's right. Thing with his feet, and that just adds to the sideshow that is, is Antonio Brown right now. Uh, you know, unbelievable. The list goes on and on with this guy. What off off-field stuff? But um, did you hear about that? Did you hear that he didn't show up to practice? Yeah, he he's been off and on with these like with these guys ever since these rulings. He's he's been off. Well, he's been off because he was technically. His feet are on the men, so he can't run. He can't. He can't run routes because his feet are, are just recovering and tender. But yep. I don't know if they had to cut all the skin off his teeth, uh, skin off his feet or not. But just crazy, unbelievable start to his career. He hasn't even played one game yet. So much talent, and uh, this is the path he's choosing right now. He doesn't show up to Raiders practice. Uh, with all this going out, uh, with all this going on around him, and it sounds like the Raiders are getting a bit frustrated. Um, their GM Mike Mayock right. came out today and said, "You know, you're you're either all in or you're all out." Sorry, he came out and said this. I mean, we're doing this show on Monday, uh, or airing Monday. This was ha- this is happening on Sunday. Um, the Raiders GM calling Antonio Brown out. You're either all in with the Oakland Raiders or you're all out. All right, and good for and good for him because. I don't care if you're a star player. I don't care if you have the accolades to back up your your talk. Um, it, this is your your job is to play football. This is why you're signing a multi million dollar deal, right? Stop the antics, right? Quit whining. If guys like Brady, classy guys like Brady and Rogers, are okay with changing the helmet, just take the high road. The issue. Don't don't make this about Antonio Brown. Like, think about the team. This team paid a healthy penny for you. Show up to practice, and shut up. Shut up and play. Just play play football. Right. Play football. That's all. The issue is, it's it's not about the team with him. It's about him. And, and that's where you would know more than me because you're that's, you're a Steelers fan. That is. Raiders fans, you will and are going through the Antonio Brown show over there because it's not about the team with him. It's a it's about him. And you know that's it. That's let, all he cares about and all he has ever cared about. Let's call a spade a spade. He's a great receiver. That's it. 
He's a very talented receiver. But there's a reason why a classy organization like Pittsburgh wanted that guy out of there. Yep, they they cut they cut their cancers off the team this year. Le'Veon and, Bell's gone. Yeah. Antonio Brown's gone. And they had to go. People people blasted them for getting rid of them. They're two of the two of the top players at their positions. There's a reason why a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers got rid of them. And those two guys almost got Mike with. Tomlin fired, right? Because to, they're like Tomlin was taking a lot of the heat. Yeah. Uh we're in, you know, we're starting to see that maybe these two guys are the reasons why um or or reasons that you know Pittsburgh you know, hasn't won another Super Bowl or hasn't had some success in the playoffs. So they were cancers in the room, essentially. James Conner was interviewed and he came out and said that the the morale in the locker room is like something he's never seen since he's been there. With Pittsburgh, yeah? Yep. Last year? And Surprising because they had a talented roster. Yeah. Even guys uh, guys that are new to the team this year said, said that their uh, wow. the morale is uh, nothing like they've ever seen before. So Yeah. You just tripped out hard. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Something, you thought that you thought something there was something cool behind you there. Yeah, yeah. The lights anyway, are flickering. Or something the lights are flickering. But yeah, no, you're right. No. Um, so anyway, Pittsburgh moves on. How do you think they're going to be this year? Well, they're going to contend. To, uh, honestly, there's all, so much hype around Baker and the Browns. And the Browns, yeah. But I'm still picking the Steelers to win the division. Cool. I think they're either going to go ten and six. They they got a pretty tough pretty tough schedule this year, but. With what I, the Ravens, how I'm okay seeing too. them, the Ravens will be okay. They don't have any, they don't really have any receivers, um, and they lost a lot of guys on defense. But I think the division games this year between them are, are, are the early division games, or whatever. The Steelers play the Browns late in the season. They play them, I think, twice in the last month, mm-hmm. which are they're going to be massive games. Whoever wins those games is going to win the division, whether they're ten and six or eleven. I don't yeah. think they'll go eleven and five. I think the winner would be ten and six this year. I don't think the the AFC North is pretty strong this year. Like except I, for the Bengals, except for the Bengals, but like th- those teams, like Pittsburgh and and Cleveland. I know Cleveland still has a lot to prove, but the, I mean, with their additions with uh, Odell Beckham Jr., um, especially, you know, they're they're a team that that although they haven't experienced a lot of previous success, they should be able to contend for the division this year. We'll see though. Sometimes it's more about who you just sign and bring in. It's about team chemistry as well. So we'll, we'll definitely see. But it's shaping up to be a pretty good division in terms you're of games. See, I think you're going to see a lot more parity in the NFL this year. Yeah. There's there's a lot of teams that were on the on the brink uh, and on the cusp of the playoffs that I think they're going to they're gonna be much better this year. There's clear-cut Super Bowl favorites from every, uh, every division and conference. But... I think it's going to be a lot tighter this year. This is what we'll do. Do your homework. You know, do your uh, draft homework this week. All right. In terms of looking at players, um, I'm going to do the same. I'm also going to do some reading on NFL.com and on Yahoo. Let's have a show where we pick uh, division winners. Do you want to do the entire playoffs? Including Super Bowl? Better yet, let's do the entire... Division, playoff picture playoffs, wild card wild card and everything i'm down yeah let's do it because i just like talking about this just got me really fired up for yeah. nfl and I, I have to do my homework for our draft uh for our nfl fantasy draft anyway so we should have a show where we're uh predicting our division winners the wild cards um i think that'd be great all right i mean all right cool 
All right, that's uh, that's it for us here on Purposely Offside, guys. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. Uh, follow us on Twitter, PO Sport, at PO Sports Talk. Follow us on Instagram, uh, Purposely underscore Offside. Love for you guys to join the conversation, so uh, please comment. Um, send us an email uh, if you have any questions, anything that you guys want us to talk about. Again, we always like to hear uh, your opinions and your perspectives. Uh, so we appreciate you listening. Um, and that's all for us. Take it easy, guys. See ya. Thank you.